Alright people, how you doing? We are back. Got another episode of The Soccer Dad Pod coming at you and today we're going to go cross sport, cross industry with a soccer dad um, that has extensive experience and success uh, with the wrong size, wrong shape ball. So we're, we're going to start there. Um and I purposely picked this song today because <clears throat> for those of you that follow us, which is all six of you, um, three being in my family, um, you saw the photos today. Uh, Zach and I had a pregame morning breakfast meeting at Uncle Bill's out off of Manchester, and uh, I proceeded to do not a lot today, and apparently Zach did even less. Well, I was productive in that I got to see my brother on his 40th birthday, so shout out to him yeah. for today but does your brother pay your bills <laughs> no 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 uh, no no he doesn't so we kicked off with the lazy song by mr bruno mars um quick intro with uh my carpool co-host of the day we've got zach as you just noticed and sitting here silently just chomping at the bit for this one we've got the jared bertrand how you doing jared I'm doing awesome. I did way more than you guys did today. You do more than us every day. Uh, that's very true. Uh, man. But, and, you keep, and, but, you keep but it shows in your face, though. But yes. I'm miserable <clears throat> doing it. Like literally every day that you tell us how much uh, you do. Oh, man. It makes me feel good that I don't do that much because... Do you ever track the miles that you influence <laughs> and the amount of freight that you influence? I mean, I'm serious because it's not like you're not a painter, right, where you can walk away and say, oh, that's the wall I painted. But your influence is hundreds of thousands of miles per day of product that most people wouldn't get if you didn't do your job. Yeah, do you ever drive past like grocery stores and be like, I did that? Every day. Remember, you said painter. Remember, you were Bob Ross one year for uh, I was Halloween. Bob, yeah. you, you did pretty good there. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. All right. He works on those uh, uh, alliterations, right? Yeah. What, what, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it is good. So um, today... <clears throat> We have a guest. We have a guest that's uh, uh, accomplished a, just an insane amount uh, on the field, in his household. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, within industry, new industries, uh, old industries that are now legal industries, <laughs> and a lot more. Um, really excited about this one. Jared and Zach are exceptionally excited because they were sideline soccer dads with our guest today. The Mr. Justin Gage. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great today, man. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to it. These guys, uh, we've been talking about this for a while. And actually, when we kicked the show off, we uh, <clears throat> immediately came up with short list, long list of guests and, you know, fo focusing on the local area and those that have stories to tell that understand the, the, the pain and suffering that we experience yep. as parents with kids th these ages. Um, and you were at the top of the list. So really looking forward to the conversation today. Um, how's it going? I mean, are you staying busy or, you know, are you just kind of chilling right now? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, trying to stay busy. Um, starting a, a new venture right now, um, Mindset Sports. 
and it's, it's really focusing on athletes and their, their mental awareness. Um, you know, you see nowadays, a lot of kids are putting a lot of, a lot of onus on their, their sport, on you know, their personal performance, and it's weighing on them mentally. So uh, one of the big things I'm starting now is, is to do some stuff with a, with a group called Mindset Sports. Uh, and, and we're establishing a, a mental plan to help these young athletes, whether they're you know, youth athletes, middle school, high school, college athletes, uh, transition, make the transitions and, and stay afloat. So is, is the group based out of St. Louis or is this a national group with affiliates? You know, what's, what's the relationship and where are they located? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're originating out of St. Louis, um, but we, we, right now we um, have some, some help in San Diego um, dealing with all sports. Uh, so right now we're really laying the ground, you know, the ground foundation, you know, building the criteria, building the eight-week formula, uh, and then the continuation pathway, you know, to keep things going. So sure. uh, right now we, we, we're very close to, you know, putting it out there, getting, getting started, getting our clients and whatnot. Uh, so I'm very excited about that opportunity. Well, let me, let me ask just kind of a basic question out of the gate in regards to mindset. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Based on your own personal experiences and now as a dad, mm -hmm. uh, but going back to your experience as an athlete, uh, clearly excelling, you know, from high school level, level and beyond into the NFL, you know, as a dad, seeing your children do the same thing, you know, they're all clearly above average athletes in all the sports they play, you know, by getting engaged with this kind of an organization, was it personal? Was it... Did you see it as filling a gap? You know, what what's the the, the personal connectivity to the business yep. in relation to you and, and your own family? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it, it started off as being personal, not even just to my family, but just what I've seen through sports in general. Um, a lot of a lot of people I've been teammates with, um, you know, played against. Just just seeing the mental makeup and, and you know what it takes to make it to the next level. You know what happens if you don't make it to that next level when you've invested so much of your time, your energy, your effort into accomplishing something. You know what do you do if you make it to that next level and now that's taken away from you or you're retiring from that and now you're looking for your next venture. Right. Uh, so everything in that realm kind of prepared me for it. Uh, and now seeing my kids and understanding and, and playing at a high level knowing, you know, hey, you're going to commit a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort into doing this, right? But when you're a kid, you're doing this for the love, for the enjoyment of the game. So it's like balancing that out. How do you, how do you get your kid to play this sport at a high level, but not put the pressure on them that they may, you know, have one day when they really commit to it? So talking about pressure <clears throat> kids today that are the um kind of the one percenters are really the, you know the, the the five percenters and above you know in all those sports do you see a difference in today's kids compared to your own childhood uh at that uh you, you know the academy level even the competitive high school level you, can you compare and contrast what you experienced do you do you think things are different today and if so how yeah absolutely well i feel like the kids these days as far as skill goes they are much more advanced than than we were when we were younger um but on the flip side i feel like our our generation was much more competitive you know we very seldomly we didn't have phones and stuff we didn't have as much video games right so we weren't really sitting around we were always outside finding finding something to do right so even if you're a soccer player when you're not practicing you're out playing baseball you're out playing you know flag football something but you're learning to compete, right? So, so your competitive nature is growing. 
Today, kids are, you know, you might have a soccer kid like uh, you guys, right? Uh, my daughter, they're practicing three, four, five times a week. So their skill is absolutely at a high level, but they're learning that particular sport. It's very seldom they get a chance to get outside of that sport and really, you know, compete with their friends or, or enjoy that childhood. Right. So that difference, we, um, I was talking about this the other day with Dave Lang on the last episode. Yep. S- speak to the difference today in, for kids, the, the hyper-focus on player development versus just playing the game to win, playing the game as a team. You know, because in all the sports that you're close to and that you came out of and now seeing your children participate in, how does that make you feel when um, you see, like, you know, because this is how I feel about it. It's hard for me to stomach a lot of the things in the process that my kids go through at, at high levels within soccer because it almost seems as if the team competition aspect of it is ratcheted way down. Do you see it the same or, you know, what's your take on that? Um, I, I see it as, you know, it's tough because I feel like kids compete, compete at a high level at a young age, right? So um, for, for that high level of competitiveness, you know, you take your kids in St. Louis. They're not playing against kids around the St. Louis area anymore, right? They've got to travel more, right? Um, and so I feel like, yes, they're getting the competitive edge that they need, playing against a high level of, of competition, but at the same time, the game has become monetized, right? A lot of organizations are looking to make money, you know, uh, and using kids. And so that's where you get a lot of kids that don't have the opportunity to play multiple sports. Or you have a coach that says, you know, you shouldn't do this. Stick with us. You know, we can get you there. Um, and, and you're talking about kids that haven't went through puberty yet, right? So you don't know how tall a kid's going to get. You don't know how fast, how strong, you know, any of those, those factor, you know, factors that really affect their growth, right. how that's going to impact them in the future. Uh, so for me, it's like, especially with young kids, do as much as you can while you can. Because at, you know, at, at some point, you're going to have to narrow your choices down to one game. And when you commit to that one game, it's going to be a nonstop commitment. Yeah, all in. All in. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that because you brought money up. And we had a conversation on the sideline probably less than a year ago around the NIL and things like that. So let's rewind back to 1998, 1999. Mm -hmm. Justin Gage is choosing a college. But Justin Gage has interest from football and basketball. And now there's money involved. Do you still make the same decision? Absolutely not. I, I don't make. <laughs> well, I don't well make, <laughs> real quick though, for those listening, again, all seven of you, uh, you Zach, you mentioned nil. Yeah. Let's let's define that first, and sure. then let's get back to the question. Yeah. Well, a couple things I, I just omitted out of ignorance from a teaching that I learned a long time ago. <laughs> Always assume people don't know what I'm talking about. Not everybody listening, all seven, know that you played basketball and football at Mizzou, number one. Number two, NIL, name, image, license. So high school athletes, college athletes are now getting paid by scholarships, not scholarships, that's the wrong term, dollars allocated for athletes in a variety of sports, not just the big ones, not just football and basketball, but soccer players, gymnasts. I read an article recently about a gymnast from LSU who's gorgeous. 
Well, <laughs> yes. Okay. It was a picture. Welcome to the conversation, dirty old man, Jared Bertrand. You waited eight minutes, and that was your entry. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, the NIL. So now these guys, and you're coaching some. Yeah. At CBC, you're you're a wide receiver coach. You're dealing with kids who are who are impacted by this. Yeah. Who are getting recruited not only by coaches but now by uh, organizations and marketing people and giving them way more money than yeah, yeah. they'd ever expect. So all that set up, and thank you for making me go back because I think it is important. Reining you in. But talk more about how that would have impacted your decision, how it's going to impact maybe your kids' decisions um, in the next you know four, six years. Yeah, well, well, I'll tell you the big difference is when I made my decision – you know, it was all about I'll have an opportunity to play two sports in college, right? And I'll have a scholarship, so I'll get a free education. That was the goal. Yep. Nowadays, kids at 16, 17 are saying, in a year, in two years, I can make more money than my parents, you know, ever made. Yep. Right? That's a big ticket. Parents are telling their kids, hey, if you do this right, you can make more money than we ever made. Right? So now it's we're not even thinking about your college education. We're thinking about how can you change our family structure? moving wow, forward yeah. right so um so, you know so the big thing for me was i never had to worry about the money thing until i was well into college had a couple more years to mature out of the parents house you know paying for my own gas things like that right had scholarship checks so i had to figure out how to balance you know pay rent things like that yep. and it was a couple years before i had i was in a position to say okay now i have a chance to make millions of dollars what's the next step well now we're talking about kids that just got their driver's license and, you know, they're, they're figuring out how to get home from school, you know, which roads to take, you know, how not to cause an accident. And now you're, you're facing millions of dollars. Right. So so the pressure to grow up is 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 a lot faster. Um, the pressure to be great, you know, is, is on them immediately. So that they're, that's taken away their years of, of being a child. Um, do, do, do you blame the progression of sports and <clears throat> the integration of uh, uh Legislation allowing an IL things like that um, versus or weight weight the blame I should say social media Instagram accounts TikTok accounts things like that that clearly come into play you know for these brands that are evaluating these art these these young athletes you know what what, what do you think has triggered this this massive transition from look I just want an education I want a scholarship. And I think I'm good enough to play beyond that, but to now, these decisions that yeah. you just alluded to. Um, I think it's a it's a whole host of things, but I'll I'll say um, I think it's one greed, right? People want to make money. People have the opportunity to make money. Um, you know, sports is becoming so popular. You, you take football for example, NFL. They've got their own day of the week, right? Yeah, and you know. Sunday's their day, but now they're taking over Monday. Now they're taking over Thursday, right? So, you know, there's money involved. And so when you start you're looking at young guys and NCAA, same way, you know, we're going to make so much money off you athletes and we're just going to give you the scholarship check. Well, what happens to their health when they're done? You know, what about the guys that get hurt in college and they have injuries that last the rest of their lives? Are you guys going to take care of that? You know, so there's, mm-hmm. there's right. all those benefits. And so the quick fix was, you know what, let's just pay the athletes. Right. So 
Now you got guys going to college and like, okay, we can pay them, no rules and regulations. Cool, let's go to the high school level. Let's figure out who are the top athletes. Let's pay them. Let's bribe those kids to come to our school, right? So NIL, when I was coming up, I would have chosen Mizzou. I'm sure there would have been another school out there saying, hey, we're going to offer you this kind of money. And being a young kid, uh, you know, middle class kid, hey, I'm going to go where the money's going. Roll Tide. You know, <laughs> it had been Alabama, it had been well, Penn State. Well, but been, wouldn't it really be, though, the potential of uh, Alcorn State, and I'll take that Nike deal at the same time? Yeah. Because if it is about the total of the bottom line, you know, what you're really talking about is the power and influence of the the macro schools that if you if you get the right agent or you get the right relationship with a uh, potential NIL uh, contract, that, that smaller middle school with a good paper package yep. is financially, you know, superior to an SEC deal. I just think that things are going to start to shift, though, because I think you're going to have these athletes, and you, you touched on this a little bit ago, that you're not really sure at 17, even 18, the projection of an athlete. Right. Because a lot can happen. Yep. <clears throat> and these brands, Adidas, Nike, Old Vienna. Old Vienna are spending a <laughs> lot of money banking on these guys, but they're taking that, that lightning in a bottle right then. They're not investing in a long-term contract with these kids. Yeah, but yeah. Old Vienna's selling chips in Columbia in every vending machine in every grocery store with Luther on the front of it. Oh, I know. And and so it is a somewhat of an inv- business investment for it's them. It's an investment. What I'm because saying is it's not a long-term. People long are term. eating hot chips in Columbia more than they ever have. But if, if, if Vienna... Old Vienna wanted to do a, a, a an agreement with University of Missouri. Right. They're going to say, well, we want it to be a certain amount of time. Over this period, they're going to dictate all these different terms. If Luther Burden's the guy, now they cut Mizzou completely out. It doesn't matter what jersey he's wearing. Yeah. yeah. They're going for Luther. Yeah. What I think, though, is likely to happen is that there's going to be not a bubble. This is my prediction. You can write it down or record like we are, but well, yeah, the red lights. I, I think that I don't need to write it. Down. I think there's going to be a bubble <laughs> of sorts where you've got all these people t- dumping money into these young, very young athletes. Yep. They're going to look at that, and I think the the depreciation is going to happen a lot faster. Yeah. yeah. Because the motivation, I've already gotten paid. Yeah. I've already changed my life. How much more do I need to work out to? to improve and, well, and those, I'm just curious to see if that's Isn't this change. all really kind of the Jake Paul effect though? Ugh. I mean, realistically Sorry, you have a guy, you have a guy that, I, I don't know. What do you even call him? He's, you know. He's a social media influencer that is actually, if you talk to circles and 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 people that don't have a personal problem with him, um, he is a hard worker and he hits hard and he could have some success in his, in his fight game. But, but I think that, where I'm going with this is like his whole brand, his whole business, his whole model is absolutely maximizing the balance between his physical capabilities, his clear cut social media popularity, popularity yeah, and understanding exactly. and dominance. Right. And it, it doesn't matter if he's relevant within said sport because he's going to I think get is. clicks. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Do, do, do you fear that the introduction of the NIL process or the availability, do you think kids are going to focus on the wrong thing, for lack of a better question? Uh, I think they're going to focus on the NIL deal. 
Yeah. I think that's the motivation. I think growing up, you know, kids will say, one day I want to be a professional athlete. Now guys are saying, I want to get that NIL deal. It's faster, it's quicker, I can get at a younger age. Yeah. The competition yeah. level isn't as high, right? That's where parenting comes in, like like your parents. Um, and to flip the script here a little bit, the the, the year of, of, of Justin, um, as an admirer of yours, um, your year this year, um, Sports Hall of Fame, Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Um, you graduated. You kept your promise to your mom and dad. You graduated from the University of Missouri 20 years after you left the NFL. You said you were going to go back. They asked you to go back. You did it. You, both of your parents being college graduates. Talk, talk about that. So that that's the difference. This NAIL deal, um, this name, image, likeness stuff that's going on, hopefully there are still parents out there that are keeping it in perspective to these blue chippers. Yeah. You know, like like I would hope that there's a day that um, I may have a kid that might have an opportunity to do something like that. Well, it's my job, like it was your parents' job, to to keep you grounded, to to make you a hard worker, to make you a man of your word. to So there's going to be these kids that are going to be assholes, and they're going to be really good. And r- Rich really, assholes. And really um, – <laughs> And there's going to be examples on both sides of the spectrum. There's going to be a kid, and we don't know who that is, that's going to make it rich at 17, 18 years old and get this NIL deal and and really maybe never amount to anything because either he got complacent, he or she, or, or you know, is not like Luther Burden, top receiver in the country, uh, number one on the list. I mean – like if he's you, I mean he's projected to be Jerry Rice if he continues to keep his nose down and stay healthy and all the things that he can't control. I, I, you know, flipping the script a little bit, maybe the best multi-sport athlete in Missouri ever. Um, kudos to you. Degree finished this year. Check Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Check. <laughs> Love it, man. Two thousand two <clears throat> reunion. Yeah, just lead eight team. Yep. Yeah, just, just speak to that a little bit, man. <laughs> Congratulations. Your parents had to be oh, and, over and, the moon. And, and and your first job as coaching, how did that end up? Oh, state champ. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys got a state, state championship your first year. Well, he year. coached St. Dominic for free. Well, there's a, I mean, there's only <laughs> <laughs> there's only one direction you can go from here, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. good, good luck the next few years. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's about finding the, you know, the next venture. Uh, who can I help out, right? What what young kid can I can – I, um, mentor and help them establish you know their values find their purpose um and so you know that's what it is for me but yeah like you said i mean you know kids are going to be faced with a lot of different things uh and the one thing i always tell kids no matter how good of an athlete you are there's an end date right Mm -hmm. there's an end date that end date is at a young age unless you're fortunate enough to play golf you know you play when you're 60 70 years old still still making some money but other than that there's an end date so you have to have a bowling And bowling. Bowling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe pickleball someday. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I, I've got a question along the lines of where we're at in this conversation. Um, and it really um, lends itself to the, the, the really the primary reason why we started the show, guys. And that is kind of the sideline antics, the sideline opinion, the conversations of parents as it applies to their kids. You're in a unique position because you've obviously played and have succeeded at the highest levels. And now, uh, not only do you have children that are moving up through the ranks um, in their particular sports and, and multi-sports, 
uh, but you're also now a coach at the high school level. So it's almost like this rubber band effect of your, you know, your location bringing you back to that level. Yep. Talk about parents, parents in the process, the sidelines. Specifically, own, Jared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he loved me. You, you know, you. How how are your parents as, you know, uh, sideline parents? How are you as a parent if you're going to be, you know, self-reflecting, um, you know, with those kids? And now as you're standing on the sideline with, you know, the football team and high school level, how are parents today in your ear? Kind of compare and contrast those a little bit for us. Right. You know, give us a good story. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, well, now I'll, I'll start with my parents. Uh, my parents were phenomenal. They, they were always in the stands, um, always on the sidelines, always watching. And so they never – they never try to teach me or coach me up on anything, um, with exception of if my dad was coaching a basketball team or something at that time. Um, but my mom was my angel, my dad was my devil. Meaning, my mom, regardless of how bad I did, how good I did, it was always you played great, baby. You played, you know, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Make me feel good. No matter how good or bad I did, my dad was like, "No, you got some things you need to work on, right?" So he was, <laughs> right. You know, he, was more, he was honest, you know, right? And so, um, you know, for a while it was like I was afraid to say anything to my dad because I'm like, "No, nah, he's gonna tell me something bad." But as I grew older, you know, he was it, it was always his message to me is like, you know, accept criticism. Like in anything you do in life, you're gonna get criticized, but you've got to learn to turn that criticism into education, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to learn from mm -hmm. it, improve on those things, and, and get better. And that was a message that he always pitched to me. And so uh, that was phenomenal for me, right? Um, I think as a parent, I was just um, watching my kids play. I was always in my own way. Like I was so competitive that, you know, at four or five U, yeah. I wanted my kids to be great, right? Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. Uh, the best thing for the kids was joining the Gallagher program because the one thing the coaches over there said is don't coach from the sideline. Let the kids play. Yep. You, know, just, you know, just watch them and enjoy them. And so I'd always have an issue, you know, because everything in me is like, and I don't even know anything about soccer, right? Engage. So I'm learning, yeah, I'm learning soccer as they're growing and they're learning. You know right? more than you give yourself credit for yeah. well, at I, this point. I know little things like spacing, <laughs> and, you know, right? But yeah. it's like it's certain things that I really don't know about soccer, but I'm like, you know, you know, so I, I really want to coach. And so I'd find myself in games, you know, walking away from everybody or, you know, just finding a quiet spot because in my head I'm sitting there coaching. Is, is that where you met Jared? Absolutely. Out on the corner, <laughs> all by himself. You walked over there and like, I, f I feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> Make sure he's all right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and that's what it was. And so it was like, that, that was one of the best things for me because at that point it gave me a chance to sit back and just kind of watch the kids play, watch them learn, um, and watch them grow. Um, watch them fail. Which yeah, watch is, them fail. I mean, yeah. that, that's and the that's, best thing they can do in any sport. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's yeah. one thing for us as adults to see them fail. And yeah, we know the remedy. We've been around, we've seen it, we know the remedy. But you've got to give them an opportunity to, to learn for themselves, to figure it out for themselves, right? And so that was one of the big things for me is, all right, I've got to stop coaching. Um, now, given that's still a very hard thing to do. So <laughs> yeah. I, I do find myself talking to my kids every now and then like, hey, you know, and it, it's more so about the effort part that I try to talk to them about. Like, sure. hey, when you're out there, you got to give max effort. All right. Don't be a distraction to your teammates. You can't be out there goofing off and then, you know, messing with other kids. So now that they're not getting the message or they're not working hard. Right. Go out there with maximum effort uh, and just work on getting better day by day. If there's something that you're bad at, work on that. If there's something that you're good at, try to perfect that. You know, each day you go out there, just try to get better. 
quick, in your first se- oh sorry yeah quick quick question and i'm sorry i don't know this uh two kids three two kids two, two kids yes a son that's 14 uh justin cool, you're right and also and my daughter is 12 Jalen. okay and they both played soccer justin does or doesn't anymore he does not anymore yeah so he played soccer up until seventh grade then he went over to, to play football correct so here's my question about the soccer component of that how hard was it for you being the basketball football guy right yep having your kids play soccer when you just kind of admitted it you're like i really you know i didn't know the game yep how was that because i mean you got paid a lot of money to play football i mean you you're you're in the missouri sports hall of fame i mean you check all the boxes and here's the game that is arguably the most historically the most important game in our in our hometown here right and your kids are doing it and they're excelling and you're the one that's on the outside looking in how did that feel it was phenomenal it was absolutely great and you know, I, I was one that always told my son, you know, if you're going to play football, it won't be until high school, right? So I, I kind of set that stipulation, but I always encourage him. For what reason? Well, can, can you share what, what, what was your and Joy's reason for that? Well, one, just as a team, you know, because football is a game that if you love football and, 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 you know, football, you're looking for athletes. You're not looking for football players. You're looking for athletes. Yeah. And there's so many different positions on the football field that if you're an athletic kid, they're going to find a spot for you, right? right. So, so that's there. Um, but then it was, you know, a lot of people were concerned about the concussions. It wasn't concussions for me. It was being a young kid and your body hasn't developed, your neck hasn't developed, right? And so, yes, you're going to make tackles, but every time you fall down, that helmet's going to hit the ground. And that's going to put all kinds of stress on your neck. So when you have a young kid who's having that kind of stress on his neck before they even hit the ages where they're strengthening those bones or whatnot, right. it's going to cause problems. Growing at different levels, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I, I, it makes makes complete sense. Absolutely. I've always admired that decision that you guys yeah. have made. Yeah, and so in, in knowing football, you know, there's no competitive football as far as traveling, right? You you can play soccer in the, in the fall and spring. You can travel different places and right. play. Football is only done in the fall. You have your football season. And so you'll have groups or teams that are dominant, you know, we might be a 2000, let's say, eight team, but we're going to get everybody with the January through April birthday. So we've got the biggest kids, right, the right. strongest, fastest. They're going to go out there and dominate. So how do you tell a kid whose birthday is at the end of the year, the smaller, hey, you got to go tackle this guy, or you got to run this ball and let this guy tackle you, right? It just, just it doesn't match up. It doesn't make sense. So, so for me, I was always like, you know, wait until you're in high school. You're, we're going to wait until you're in high school before you can play football, even though that's what he's always wanted to do. Right. But for me, it was play soccer. I was like, if you really want to play football, play soccer. Because soccer is going to give you the ability to run out there. It's it's going to teach you acceleration. It's going to teach you deceleration. It's going to teach you how to work in small spaces. It's going to teach you how to stay calm, poised, don't panic, things like that. But you'll you'll actually be playing a game and competing at a high level instead of just being in the backyard working on, you know, ladder drills, drills, plyometrics. Right, you know, because that stuff gets boring very fast, right? right? Football is a a sport where you're going to work your butt off for 10 months of the year just to play about 10 to 12 games, right? Did you enjoy soccer? I did. I did. I loved it, except in the in the wintertime. Dude, you had some good suits. Before I entered, before you you asked that final question, I was going to say on a day like today, yeah. If we had an outdoor game, no. Gage would be the most unapproachable on the sideline of anybody because he looks like a serial killer. Yeah, worse than Jared. Full overalls, <laughs> like camo overalls with the big fluffy hat and the big floppy ears, 
and standing back, and he's he looked like a, a Sibi- Siberian six five yeah, deer but, hunter. Oh, yeah, okay, not a, but, not a, but, but, not a but, small but, person. But explain this to me, though. <laughs> you played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you probably played in some cold environments. Played in Chicago. In significantly less clothing yep. than that. But he had that adrenaline. Yep. You know the difference. I mean, yeah, but your kid's on the field. I mean, you don't have adrenaline when no. your kid's yeah. on the field. Oh, your toes are still <laughs> cold. You of know, course I know that's the answer. We're 19 yeah. cl- shirts, and, and yeah. if it were us, we would be wearing a T-shirt playing in that temperature because we'd be so hype. Yeah, yeah maybe. I was smarter than that. I would wear something underneath that. No, I never did. Yeah, I know. You're... So I have a, 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 a almost opposite temperature related discussion that I wanted to bring up, and it's it's from something I didn't I didn't this I didn't know this about you, but before you went to Mizzou, you were also a championship athlete in one particular event that you got to go to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Can, can we guess what it is? Yes. Do you know what it is? No. no. High lie. No. No, okay. You got a guess, Jared? Uh, it wasn't fishing. Dude can't fish. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it, it better have not been pickleball because I will it, no. stop the recording. No, it wasn't pickleball. Uh, Justin, you want to? No, it was pump, pass, and kick. Oh, yeah. Oh, pump, there we pass, go. And competition. Nice. Yeah. So, um, and, and it, I mean, that was that was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. In, Pro uh, Bowl? Did you go to Pro Bowl? Yeah, I went to the Pro Bowl one yeah. year in Hawaii. Uh, but the year before that, I went to. Um, it was it was a national championship, but it was up in Detroit, and Detroit played Chicago Bears that day. Nice. So in that that particular game uh, in the in the dome, Refrigerator Perry ran a touchdown. You know, and that was kind of one <laughs> yeah. of the things I really remember about that game. And how many yards did Barry Sanders? Did he? Have? Yeah. Did he get <laughs> no, more? That's, that's a great question. <laughs> did yeah. he get more or less touchdowns than Barry Sanders? It was my question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that day. Uh, well, you know, the Bears had a good defense. I'm, I'm not sure who scored more touchdowns, but just seeing Refrigerator Perry because. Again, he was one of my, you know one of my idols in the sense nice. of sure. big guy that can move, play offense and defense. Like, yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah. We, you know, I think about some of those old NFL players like, <clears throat> like Fridge, right? I, he would have been an NIL wet dream. Yeah, like those kind of characters. I mean, imagine Shaq. Yeah, you uh, know, yeah, you know those kind of yeah. individuals. Um, I'm gonna go real quick. I wanna I wanna pull us back a little bit to the coaching parenting side. <clears throat> um, episode four, we had Ken Godet on, and during that conversation, if you guys recall, we talked about the it factor, where you know he's seeing so many kids, yeah. uh, and a, a small handful of them have landed at the highest level. And I asked him, you know. How do you know when you see you see it? You know, you know what what's the characteristic of a kid that has it? You have been around, you know, two of the big four sports here in the states, um, and now that you know your kids have been moving through the process, and now you've been coaching at the high school level. Talk about, in your opinion, the it factor, and just more generically, not from soccer, not from football, just it in general because you are a multi-sport athlete so what's your take on that when you when you look at young athletes what are you looking for and when are you like holy shit that that kid's got it got he or it. she yeah um well i think for me it starts with with size and speed right those are the the, the the main two components that really stand out if you've got you know a young athlete that is just blazing fast can move better than everybody else right that's one of the things that stands out now, if that same athlete has good size to him or whatnot, 
now you're really like, okay, they, they've got something there. Um, but the kids with the it factor to me have that, that competitiveness and that mindset that they, they want to get better. They understand that where they're at is not where they want to be. And mm-hmm. they, they continue to work. They continue to grind. Uh, they continue to, to you know, find self-motivation to be better, to be great. And I, I think that's one of the big things that stand out. Um, at the end of the day, health is going to be everything to the athlete. So, you know, how do you take care of yourself? Because, uh, you, you know, you can, we can see kids at, you know, maybe at 13, 14 start saying, you know what, they might have the it factor. Uh, we can see juniors and seniors in, in high school that say, you know what, they may have the it factor. But then it becomes, it becomes you know, what kind of decisions do they make? What is their character like? What, is, what are the people around them like? You know, are they, in a, are they surrounded by, you know, bad eggs, bad apples, or do they have a good foundation, you know, a good group around them? Uh, so that, that becomes a lot of it. Um, but I say more, more importantly, just, you know, seeing that strength, seeing that speed, seeing that dedication to being better and being self-motivated. So speak real quickly then to <clears throat> uh, parents that maybe understand that their child is potentially in that circle or more importantly to the bigger group of parents that think their child is in that category. What's your advice to parents of competitive youth athletes um i'd say i'd say support them right don't put don't put more pressure on them than they need right it's, it's already hard enough i mean you think about kids they've got to go to school they're in school all day then when school's done you know they're tired they've got tests they've got different things going on um don't put more pressure on them to go out and be great right just support them um, there's going to be times where they don't want to do anything, right? But if you just kind of sit down and maybe before the season set a list of goals, set a plan, right? And it's like, okay, so day by day I'm going to hold you accountable to these things. Uh, but if you want to get where you're going, these are the things we have to get to, right? So the conversation's got to be, you know, I'm here to support you. I'm not going to force your hand. But if you're not going to stick to the plan, if you're not going to stick to what you're doing, you can't, you can't be upset at, you know, the finished product. Right. Well said. So you've seen now multiple different levels of sport. What has surprised you the most about coaching in the high school level? Um, you know, every, every kid feels like, and, and you'll hear kids say it nowadays, that I'm him. You Entitlement. Know, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm him, I'm the greatest, I'm this and that, right? And it's, you know, um, you know you've you got some kids in high school that are good and whatnot. Um, take, for example, you see a kid that, you know, might hit a three-pointer. And they're like, oh, I'm way better than Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, uh, no, it doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, so I, I feel like. Or they're doing every three point motion that Steph Curry's done at one time over the last 10 years because he has the most three pointers ever. Yeah. Um, they're doing every one running back down to defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, just act like you've made a three before. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's just kids do one thing great and they feel like. That's who they are now. That's everything about them. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's like you, you, the biggest thing is to being great is consistency, right? It's one thing to do something well, but it's another to do it well all the time, yep. right? And so uh, that's, that's what a lot of kids are lacking is, is that consistency. So, so okay, as a coach, because <clears throat> um, I, I remember at one point when I was playing in high school, um, the c- coach said something to us, and he's like, look, he was pissed. We were, we were having a bad game, and he made a comment that has stuck with me over time. And then he's like, you know, 
the problem I have with you shitheads was his exact quote. <laughs> he goes, I can't trust you tonight. And he walked out the door. Yeah. You, kind of what you just alluded to as you know, a new high school coach and you're getting into it, it, what does that trust really look like to you? You know, when you see players out there, you know, are you are you looking for somebody to do something exceptional? Or are you looking for them to be hardworking and predictable? You know, it, it, from a trust perspective. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking for them to be, like you said, hardworking, consistent, right? Um, you know, coaching football is is better. Be, well, it, it fits it fits my mindset because you're going to practice five days a week then play a game at the end of the week. You know, at the end of each week, you're going to play one game. You're going to have about five practices. And so to be great at football, you have to fall in love with the process. You have to fall in love with practicing. You have to love coming out each day. And even though you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, getting better at that same thing, right? And so my message is always come in Monday and be great. Be great on Tuesday. Be great on Wednesday, Thursday, all right? Then Friday's your day to go show everybody what you've worked on all week long, right? So uh, consistency is a factor. And so I feel like, you know, if a kid comes in and, and they're pushing themselves each day of the week, by Friday, the trust is already there. The problem comes when, you know, kids want to, oh, it's Monday. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to bullshit my way through practice today. Yeah. Oh, it's Tuesday. Well, I'm, I'm beat up or, you know, hurt, right? Coaching question. So you're coaching now. Um, you had, uh, let's timeline, you had the legendary Adkins guy in Jeff City. Yep. Then you had, what, Larry Smith, one year, two years? Two years. Then you had Pinkle. Pinkle. Then you, Lovey Smith. Yep. Dick Jerron first. Dick Jerron, then Lovey. Then Lovey. And then uh, Jeff Fisher? Jeff Fisher, yep. Okay. Out of all those legendary coaches, um, where what what do you model your coaching after? A little bit of each. Um, oh, man. What was the, your best coach? Um, I mean, I'm sure some of them were players' coaches. Some of them were, you know, Army-like, you know, where it's discipline, discipline, be on time, Lombardi time, don't be late, you're off the team. Where are you at there? Um, yeah, well, the one coach you, you forgot about who was also a great influence at a, at a perfect time in my life was Quinn Snyder. Quinn? Yep. Right. Did you um, party with him? that's for another conversation (laughs) we will not be editing this podcast (laughs) coincidentally he's doing really well in the nba right now yeah yeah absolutely so um i'd say i'd say i pick a little bit from what what quinn and and gary pinkle had um but also lovey lovey was was a very calm guy right never got never got too um high or anything like that you know just just very level-headed uh, but at the same time, I, I've got to take some of my, my high schooling coach, um, you know, when to play my high school football coach, just understanding that the kids go through so much in a day that once I get them for the two and a half hours after school for practice, right, they don't have time to sit there and watch film all night or, right. or game plan all week or things like that. It's like, not their job at that point. Right, right, correct. You know, so it, it's more of a, a passion for them at mm-hmm. that point. So, um, you know, the big goal for me is, you know, teaching them hard work, teaching them dedication to the process, but at the same time, still keeping it enjoyable so that when they're coming to practice, they enjoy the process of coming to practice. They're not, they don't feel like they're forced to come. Best coach you ever had? Best coach I ever had. Um, I'd say I, I've had some great coaches, but for the time I was in my life, um, I would say Gary Pinkle and, and Quinn Snyder. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing answer. That's awesome. Well, our, our beer's low, guys. Yep. 
It's halftime. 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 Halftime is universal, you know, in your world as well, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're good. We're good with that. So this has been a lot of fun. We're going to be back. We do need to fill our beers. We are at the Well Spent Brewing down here on Olive near Slu. Um, make sure you make your way down here because it's, it, I mean, it's going to be a perfect destination for those of you city soccer fans looking for a place that's not going to be asses to elbows. <laughs> you know, great beer garden. Come down, great beer. And after we get filled up, we'll be right back with some more stories from Justin and the crew. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, JB here with the Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors, really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Oh, little Stapleton. Have you heard the original version of this song? Yes. It doesn't sound anything like this. Well, I mean, Chris Stapleton could like sing the fucking phone book and True. nobody True. would be able to do it ever again. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but I'm playing this on purpose, right? Used to spend my right? You guys know, you, you know the song. You guys I like, know the song. What's the title? You don't know the title? Come on. Yeah, you know the title. It's Tennessee Whiskey Dickhead. I know what it is. Yes. I was hoping go. Justin would have to say the word, but uh, he didn't take you the You were bait. not baiting him. You were sitting like, you you stalled out. Did you stall out? I did not stall out. He's wearing volunteer underwear. I'm not wearing volunteer underwear. He's got his volunteer wristband on. <laughs> it's a watch band. Weak whack. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. And uh, appreciate you listening this far. Uh, You're halfway there because we've got a little bit more coming. Stick around because we're going to get to the juicy stuff here in the second half. Um, Down here at Wellspent, got our refills. Um, Check them out. Give them a follow. And make sure to give us a follow, too. Give us a review. You know, Jared's been upset. You know, I, I know it's weighing on him, but nobody's made a comment about him. So, if you're listening, go on our show, give the podcast review. It doesn't need to be anything about the actual show. Just talk about Jared. Well, I thought it'd be great if, if Justin just, you know, called Dennis Gates and said, hey, you got to take a listen to this and make sure the entire, you know, Mizzou basketball team listens and all their fans. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they have fans? <laughs> I tell you what, if, if that happens. Uh, they do. They do. Packed house lately. They're, they're, been, they're about they're to get it. more fans. I tell you what, if that happens, we'll buy you beer. well we're back we've got justin gage here with us today um you know if you've made it this far uh thank you um you know i envision us here the second half because again i told you before we came on the air um we're so pro we don't take notes (laughs) we we have no agenda so 
Um, but I envision the second part to be a little looser um, because you, you've lived a life. You, you've been in cities playing sports and experience and everything else. It's been, you know, most people, you know, I, I think about a uh, previous episode, Patch, yep. right? The Patch episode, you, t- you know, his favorite part, and I could see it in his face sitting there across from him because on a podcast, you can't see his face, but I can tell you definitively talking about U.S. men's national team, he was cool. Talking about the steamers, he was cool. Talking about playing pool with Jerry Buss, he was smiling, right? Yeah. What's your Jerry Buss moment? Because you've been all over this country playing sports at the highest level. I don't care about a game or a win or a trophy or a play or stats. Was it Vince Young acting a fool? There's got to be. <laughs> there's got to be that, you know, behind the music moment. Um, I mean, there, There's a ton of them, but just, just in short, I'd say the locker room, right? I mean, you're, you're in a locker room with, with 60 guys, all different personalities, uh, but every single person in there is, is competitive at the highest level, right? They're just, they're competitive. So, you know, it, it's finding different things. You know, we'd have PlayStations, uh, video, different video games in there that we're competing, we're, we're betting on. Uh, we make up games to bet on. Uh, going out to practice, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're finding ways to make competition even more competitive. Um, and you know, just being around being around a different group of guys and and learning from different group of guys, man, that that was one of the uh, the best things that I could I could ever be a part of. Um, that's our, a that's a very political answer, and you know it based on. See, you can't see it right now, but this face is. This is so I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin the question a little bit. Yeah, because you get. I mean, you basically gave us a teenage mutant ninja answer, and I'm looking for Motley Crue. No, hold on, hold on. Backstage. So, so I think. <laughs> My grandparents did this. My my parents are doing this now with my kids. My parents have told my kids stories about their childhood that I never heard. Because okay. they were afraid to tell me yeah. for fear I might do the same thing. So, Would your when mom you're have too, too many sodas? I mean, oh, oh stop. <laughs> it, yes, yes. She had a, a little too much uh, egg cream one time. Anyway. She, she clapped off beat it church didn't she (laughs) she did so thinking in the future your two kids god willing have their own what stories are you telling their kids that you're not telling them that's that and by the way we know justin jr they're not listening to this yeah because it's fine fine. because i don't accept your first answer Let me let me just It doesn't have to be with names or any incriminating evidence. Just talk about with Wanks the ass quarterback came in and bought the whole party. I mean, you got some stories. <laughs> I know you do. No, there there are some stories there. Uh, <laughs> you, I mean, you don't sign an NDA. No, no, you don't you don't sign an NDA, but you think about some of the stuff. Like, I mean, keep this in mind, you're talking about guys that are between the ages of 21 and let's say 34. Sure. Uh, you, you got all the guys that are single, they're going to be out every night of the week. Your married guys are going to be home with their wives, right? So, wink, wink. Uh, see, yeah. you couldn't see that on the podcast. All right. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about give a group of guys more money than they ever had, put them in a, a city, a downtown area where they can go wherever they want. To they kings. Treat it like kings, right? Uh, even though they have money, they don't have to spend it. But if you spend it, it just makes it just glorifies you even more. Okay, so let me frame the question differently for you then. 
a Netflix executive producer comes to you and says, <laughs> I want to create a series based on somebody that did not handle that well. Who's it about? Oh, I, no, I can't get <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> Hey, I, uh, no, I, I can't give any names out. I think that, we might have a better opportunity. Yeah. He might know one or two that handled it good, other than himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe, okay. Who? Who? Which show made after a particular player would have tanked because it was so boring? <laughs> you probably don't even want to answer no. that one, too, do you? No, not even. I, I mean, what answer. did we bring you on for? I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, dirt. Was <laughs> I can't I'll, I'll tell you. Um, there we go. There, there was a guy um, that I teammate of mine. Let's who, call him Frank. Yeah, let's call him Frank. All right, Frank was. What number was Frank? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, but, but, but. Frank, and you can't say sixty. Yeah, Frank. Frank was a high draft pick, and uh, he he was a a lottery pick. And back in those times, lottery picks got that big guaranteed signing bonus. Oh, yeah. Right. right? Um, well, after after Frank's first year, he uh, he took over a team when when they were down, when they were losing. Brought him back. They ended up making the playoffs that year. So Frank got a an extension after that year. So even more guaranteed money. Well, one of the things that Frank used to do is he'd have a birthday celebration because uh, his birthday fell right in between our OTAs. And then when we report for training camp, so our downtime. So he'd rent out hotel for a week straight, bring in all kinds of celebrities. Uh, the college he went to had a lot of high profile athletes at their school. So he'd invite those guys back, you know, for other other NFL players from around the league. All of age, right? Of age, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, these guys at this at this point, these guys were in the league, so uh, they bring in some of their big. So you're talking about weekends of just celebrity, just celebrity pools. All, talking about all no limit. We're probably talking about Puff yeah. Daddy. We're talking about uh, all the fools. So I'm I'm talking, you know, hotels downtown, renting out the top three floors of the hotel just for the. The players, you know. downtown, downtown in big cities, <laughs> downtown <laughs> metropolitan area, yeah, downtown, right? So, so by day we're we're doing charitable stuff, you know, football camps, uh, celebrity basketball games, bowling, uh, football, different things like that. By night it's different clubs partying, and you know the clubs don't stop till six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, but you're seeing some of your idols that you kind of grew up with. All over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I can't give you names, right? But just to, just to be in that atmosphere, I, I'll say, you know, I, I went down three years in a row. One year, uh, T.I. came down and performed. Another year, Lil Wayne came down and performed. Uh, my last year there, Young Jeezy came down and performed. So at the time, these guys were at the height of their career. Right. And so the attention that they attracted also was just phenomenal. And so, you know, people talk about like NBA All-Star Weekend or, you know, the NFL Pro Bowl Weekend. Those it had, was Frank's birthday yeah. weekend. Was, yeah, Frank's was birthday off the weekend chain. Was, was crazy. I mean, so the did, point where were, he, were you, did you guys bring Frank presents for his birthday? I mean, was that kind no. of like, it kind of like a succession, right? Was it yeah. in the episode where, Here's, you know, mega party, but you got to bring him a Rolex? The, the rule was... Get down there and everything's taken care of. Food, housing, all that stuff's taken care of. Did you have to leave of. your cell phone at home? 
Well, <laughs> at, at that stage, nobody brought cell phones. So, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You know, right. so yeah, this, is, this is pre. This is pre iPhone. Yeah. This, well, this or was, did you have to drop them in like some metal line trash no, bag? Not like, even that. This this was right as as like um I think MySpace was. Yeah. Was out there, yeah. but I, I want to say this was right as like Facebook was taking. Oh four, oh five. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Twitter was just getting started. So this was at a p point where our coaches encouraged us to create an account, so other people couldn't create one in our name and use our our images and things like that. Your nil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> right. So. So uh, I, at that point in time, you know, we didn't have to worry about all the the followers or trying to to build that the the social media fame. Here's what I will tell you. If I was good enough athletically, which I never was, to be in that scenario and to be a part of that gig, <laughs> it'd have been over on Monday after that weekend. Because I would have been a fool. Yeah, a fool. Well, and, I mean, and that's why I, back I, I in the day, if nil existed, you would have been chasing down a Nathan's hot dog deal. Yeah, maybe. Like, you, maybe. just like get your chili no. dogs. Get your chili dogs. <laughs> natty <laughs> Light. <laughs> you got a Natty but Light sponsorship. Justin, um, a lot of credit to Joy. Yeah. Justin kept his. I mean, at a time where, and and now still today, um, kudos to him. Um, he kept his nose clean. It comes from his his parents, his wife. Well, well now wait a second. How do we know he's not Frank? Uh, I know, I know, <laughs> I, I know. Hey, hey one, one, I didn't make that kind of money, but two, like, I hate going to casinos. Things like I hate gambling because I I, I don't like losing money. And so if yeah. I'm going to gamble on something, it's something that I'm I feel very very good. You want to return on that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like I hate gambling too because I love gambling, right? So it's mm. like once I'm in. It's it's just the uh, the sarlacc. It just swallows me up like Star Wars style. Yeah. So you and I'm sure you've seen guys that have been able to handle it. You've seen guys that are like Jared couldn't. Well, uh, that's the problem. There's fewer guys that can handle. You it. said it. I, I'm just repeating what you said. Yeah, it's, it's fewer guys that can handle it versus guys that can't handle it. Yeah. And so if you know, you just looking at at the the game statistically. You're going to have more athletes that don't make it right? versus those. Well, that's teams. kind of what I was trying to say with the NIL thing. Yeah. Think about Frank, if he was 17 when he got that money. Right. Would he even have gotten to the point where he was a high-round draft pick and guaranteed money two years in a row and yeah. being able to pull his team up? And I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I know I'm going backwards. Well, I just... Yeah, let, let me. Trojans might have one more championship. Let me let me, <laughs> let me pull us. Oh my god! Let me pull us back into a little bit of the conversation from before the break, along these lines. And Zach, you and I were talking about that <clears throat> a form of that this morning. You know these these young individuals that go into the NFL in particular. You know your the wheelhouse who you were just describing. The vast majority came from areas or situations in which. You're talking generational money. Yeah. You know, something that, you know, their, their families just couldn't even fathom, right? Right. And we were talking, Zach and I, about uh, City's role in the city now from a soccer perspective and really the inner city of, uh, of St. Louis in particular and its historical uh, trend of um, uh, busing students or the private schools pay, basically paying these inner city kids to go to private schools 
primarily for sports. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They, yeah. they weren't being benevolent and saying, let me get you an education. They were like, come shoot threes or, you know, go throw touchdowns. Um, what, what What's your take on, within the St. Louis region in particular, and now that you've been close closer to soccer through your children, and you, you, you understand what City SC means to the city and the game itself, and when you think about the neighborhoods within St. Louis that are impoverished, that are, that are struggling, and these kids, these young athletes, you know, where do you think we go with this and how do we improve upon instead of just poaching the one or two out that are clearly the one percenters, you know, do you think soccer in particular via the upper 90 program that Gallagher has and some of the others, you know, what, what's your take on how we as the adults, as the um, really the decision makers within all of these sports how do we improve the integration with these communities so that they don't end up being the one-offs that go to the NFL and blow it all because they don't get it? Um, well, if you're talking from a soccer standpoint, I say just creating facilities in these communities where they can, you know, be a part of, they can go and compete, right? Um, you know, get a, get a few coaches to go down there and create programs for these kids to have something to do when they get off of school or in the summertime so that they're not just hanging out or, you know, they're, they're walking up and down the streets without opportunity. Yep. Um, I think that's a big key right there. Um, I, I think there's a ton of talent in, in North County. I think there's a ton of talent in the city uh, of kids that, you know, don't have anything to do. Uh, you take a program like Matthew Dickey. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was phenomenal. But, you know, that's just football. Uh, you, you take what, what Demetrius Johnson did for, for a ton of kids over in, in the St. Louis area. You know, so it's about uh, giving, giving the young kids opportunities um, that are different than, than basketball and football. Uh, right now for, let's say, young, young African-Americans, basketball and football are the two sports that are truly glorified. And so that's what, you know, young kids lean towards. Um, that's what parents, grandparents push them into as well. Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. It, because of um, accessibility, if you yep. will, in those urban areas. Yeah, yep. So, I mean, it's, it's probably the, the, the cheaper of the sports to play. Um, and, I mean, football, like I said, it's about finding athletes. So you get some kids that are fast or whatever. Now you're saying, you know what, come to our school. We'll put a football in your hand. Let's see what you can do with it, right? Yep. Um, you know, if, if you can get a round ball and uh, one of the big things was milk crate, you know, put a milk crate up on a street pole. Right. Now you've got a hoop, you know, you can right. shoot there, right? Just just cheap game. So uh, I, I think it's about uh, creating opportunities for kids in, in, in these neighborhoods uh, and then giving them some direction as far as uh, structure, some coaching, some some programs that they can get involved with. So let's let's talk about real quick <clears throat> your own personal accomplishment that you knocked out here recently. Yeah, uh, Jared and I were just talking about this. Um, you you made your way to Mizzou. You're drafted. You have a successful career. You have your children. You're, you're in all these businesses. And here, recently, you get your degree. So, my question is, why? <laughs> and how did it make you feel? And what was the motivation? Uh, well, so, growing up, my parents always had their degrees displayed on our, our living room um, 
shelf, right? So uh, my mom graduated from SLU. My dad graduated from uh, Indiana University. So those were those were always visible to me, uh, just seeing you know the red diploma, the blue diploma, right? Um, so when I was in college and, and had the opportunity to go play pro, I knew I was going to leave school before I could finish. Right. And that was the one thing my parents always told me was like, hey, your education is forever. Make sure you come back and, and you know get your degree. You've put in so many hours you know this far. Don't just leave it out there. You know, finish that goal. And at twenty twenty one, that that may have fell on deaf ears. Be like, dude, I'm yeah. fine. I mean, you see oh, this, absolutely. yeah. You know, like, yeah. and uh, great. Continue on, but yeah. I'm just just in context. I mean, I could imagine, yeah, being in your shoes at twenty twenty one, and and and. And them come calling in the manner that they did. Mom and dad is glorified, and as close as you guys were with their degrees, they're telling you that. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. That that that's. Uh, um, I mean, kudos to you. So so go on. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like you said, twenty twenty one. I'm shaking my head yes to my parents. Like, yeah, I'm gonna come get my degree. But in my mind, I'm saying, hell no. Yeah. Like, right. I'm about to make. I'm about to make millions and millions of dollars. I'm gonna be set for life. You know all this stuff. Right, uh, I'm gonna be able to play professional football. I'm gonna be in there for 20 years. You know, uh, you know. I'm never gonna retire. Right, never gonna retire. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a billion dollars. I'm gonna be Frank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, you know, and, and that was the thing. And so, um, so, so being able to go off and play in the league was uh, great for me. Um, and it, it was my, so my first year in the league. Let's take that. Um, in the NFL, you get paid. Well, in, in Chicago at the time, you were getting paid for 16 weeks of the year, mm-hmm. right? And then you don't get paid again until the next season once you make the 53-man roster. So now you're talking about spring, summer, all these months that I'm just spending money. You know, I'm coming off $500 scholarship check each month. Now I've got, you know, quarter of a million, half a million in the bank. And it's in the bank. It's not invested in anything like that. It's right. literally in the bank. You got 36 more weeks that you ain't getting a paycheck. Not a paycheck. But – Again, from $500 a month, I'm telling my buddies, hey, <laughs> let's fly here, let's fly there. You yeah. know, guys on the team that have been established or whatnot, hey, we're going out to Vegas this weekend. Why don't you come out there? Dude, yeah. Looking at my bank account, oh, I can do that. So as I got into that following season, all that money had dwindled away. And I was like, holy shit, like, where's it, where's it going? You know, going into training camp, is like, all right, I really need these checks to start coming back. So that was kind of a big eye-opener for me at that point in time. Uh, and so that's when I sat back down with my parents. Like, I have to get a financial advisor. Like, this isn't working. So for me, that was, that was the greatest gift to me as a professional athlete, being able to blow through that money and learn so early in the league and not having, you know, millions of dollars to blow through. Cause- so so, so I'm, I'm a numbers nerd, and I just want to point this out to you. <clears throat> At the time that you're talking about, yep. if you would have bought $500,000 worth of Bitcoin – at that point, oh my God, <laughs> you wouldn't be sitting here with us right now. Uh, no, that would I, be nine billion dollars. I'd be talking to you guys from space. From space <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, you wouldn't. Corday would have been balling with our well, kids. No, no. no I, I, I mean, I, I joke, but not really. That is, that is actually what it would be. But you know. I often think about that for professional athletes in particular that come into these insane amounts of money, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the, you know, the five, 10, 15 million a year, crazy, you know, top five lottery pick contracts. I'm talking just normal players that are coming in that do at the end of two, three, four, five months have 
half a million, million dollars, 1.5, you know, which are arguably lower numbers in today's environment, right? And you go back in time, you know, because coming from finance, living through uh, dot-com bubble and, you know, the, the, the early crypto markets and all these things, I think about, like, what all of these young athletes could have done, you know, with that type of foresight into yeah. the investing. Do you, do, you, do you ever, like, look back? And or what about Refrigerator Perry if he would have just bought Walgreens when it first came out? Stock. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Justin's well, idol. I mean, any, same thing. Any of them. I mean, do, do, do you ever, like, reflect back to that and think about the, the shoulda, coulda, wouldhaves? Oh, absolutely. And, and I do now because I have a better understanding for it, right? So over the years, uh, through investing, through learning, now I can, I can see it. At the time, it was never a thought, right? So right. Uh, when I went to college, I was going to college to get a business degree. So my first, semest- my first semester, I made the dean's list. Super excited about it, right? We get to the semester, and they're like, hey, we're going to change your classes because we need you to be available for practice, right? So... I went from business to ag, ag econ. So at that age, I'm like, shit, all right. You know, I don't have to go to school as long anymore. I can come over here and practice and work out all day. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. And so it's little things like that that really, from an educational point and even a financial point, set me off off rail. Uh, so by the time I got to the point where I was making money, I didn't know what to do with it. I had no idea. So I had to entrust somebody to tell me what to do with that money. So even at that stage, it was like, all right, I just trust you to do it so I can focus on football. I'm not going to worry about it because I don't even know where to start studying and start learning. How much How much of that was attributed to your agent, who uh, by all accounts is the biggest ace in the world, nicest guy in the world, who happens to be Jerry Rice's agent? Yeah. Um, did he help you along the way? He, he was there for my help. Uh, but one of the first one of the first things I heard early on was, don't let your agent be the person in control of your money. Yep. Right. right. You don't want those two tied up. So for me, it was like, all right, you're my agent, and he's been phenomenal for me. Uh, so then I ended up getting another financial guy. Um, you know, fast forward years later, that financial guy, you know, through some bad investments and whatnot, I lost damn near half my portfolio. Right. So it was like all the things that I was afraid would happen ended up happening. Now, at the end of the day, I want to say, you know, it's, it's his fault and all that. But again, it's mine because I didn't take the time to really learn how the process yeah. works, Understood. learn about it, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So it's one of those things that even today it's like every day I'm just like I think about that stuff. And it's like, man, what what could have been done if I would have just taken those steps to, to yeah. learn more? Now, right? <clears throat> now, think, oh. think about Tom Brady and FTX. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, so I think and maybe this is this happened after you started in the NFL but now I feel like there is a series of programs for rookies designed to help them navigate that earlier in their careers as opposed to are you familiar with that is that is that legit or is that mostly for just the hard knocks uh, crowd I, I think it's for the hard knocks crowd um, they, they had programs and stuff like that where they would say hey this is what you can do but you know that same list of of financial advisors at the NFL PA cleared are the same ones that are getting in there mm. and then, you know, doing the dirt. And so now it's like, okay, slap on the wrist. You're now, you're no longer a part of the NFL PA. We don't clear you. Well, they've done the dirt. You know, guys have been hurt, all that stuff, right? So it's still not, it's still not a thorough process. Sure. Um, so at the end of the day, it really comes up to that particular athlete to do his own due diligence. And that's a, that's a big 
I mean, you talked about the pressure earlier, right? And the pressure to make those good decisions, the pressure from your boys, from yeah. your friends, from your family to, hey, oh my gosh, you've got this money now, let's go. I can't even imagine what that's like, but I just, I know we're kind of running out of time here, um, but when we started this podcast and we started looking at guests, JB mentioned it. You were the first person I reached out to yeah. as a guest. And the main reason I wanted to do that is because I feel like of all the, the people I've met in my life that have done great things, very few of them are willing to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you have always I talk to you all the time. <clears throat> it might be that wristband. Do not include you in that list. <laughs> so I just, I, I wanted to say that publicly. I just, I, I, I think that the way that you have approached basketball, football, your career, your kids, your kids, your yeah, friends. as a parent, as a and parent. as a parent, that's what made me want to reach out to you. Admirable. The football side of things, the basketball, all the accolades is cool, and it's kind of fun to look up your highlights, which is one of my favorite things to do on YouTube, by the way. Um, but I that's just, a little creepy. It is. No. Because, but do it. You're going to do it now. You're going to Google it, and they're phenomenal. But I don't know. I might just ask him to just text me the ones he prefers. I'm not going to go deep diving. <laughs> He'll send you the same link that I have. Um, I, I just wanted to publicly say that to you, that all the stuff, and, and Jared's hinted at this before, you know, with your parents, with Joy and her parents, and, and just your family. Razzle-dazzle. Can't say oh my that. God. It's, I mean, yeah, well, his dad, me, baller. It's, just, it's, just a, it's a testament to your character. Yep. And yep. I think yep. the, the amazing thing for me is that now you're taking that character and all those lessons you've learned over your life, you're pouring that into not only your own two kids, but also those kids at CBC, and also now with Mindset. It's, it's just really cool. And so I, I'm, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited for the CBC kids. I'm so excited for what you're going to do with Mindset. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, oh, thank, and, yeah we, and we can't wait for you to share this with all your ex-coaches and you know let everybody listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, and no. Frank, no, you know, I, I, especially Quinn, Frank. We're getting Quinn Schneider on. <laughs> there you go. And we're talking yeah. about the early 2000s at Mizzou. Yeah, yeah. No, I I truly thank you guys, and um, I, you know, I got a little give a lot of credit to uh, one my parents. I mean, they've always kept me humbled. Um, even even my brothers and sisters. I mean, being the youngest of seven. Yep. Uh, my older brothers, you know, it, it was some of the mistakes that they made that helped me in, in the pathway moving forward, knowing like, hey, I don't want to I don't want to do some of the things that you guys did that might have, you know, alter your career. All right. Let me let me change up. Let me straighten up. But um, more than anything, I mean, uh, my wife, Joy, I've got to give her so much credit because she's the one that really keeps me humble, keeps me grounded. Um, and, you know, she she puts clamps on things. Right. So it's like, you know, and I understand, you know, I, I know what a great woman I have. And it's like. For me to for me to break her heart or hurt her anyway is like that that's the worst feeling in the world, right? So it's yeah. like I don't ever want to experience that feeling and I don't ever want her to look at me in a way that, you know, it just it just hurts her, right? Yep. So uh, and at, at the same time, you know, just being an example to my kids and, and you know, every day just, you know, challenge them on certain things, uh, but at the same time, you know, give them an opportunity to grow and, and be themselves. Well we appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. It's been fun. Now really, really quick because trivia starting here at Wellspin. If you and <clears throat> if you're listening and you're smart, come down here Thursday nights. They got <laughs> trivia. Uh, I, I do have a um, last question, uh, and it stems back to, if you recall, the Bill Cosby himself special. I'm sorry I'm mentioning Bill Cosby for those of you that are automatically offended by Bill Cosby. But here's, here's my question. 
you as an NFL player, um, you spent all those years in the car, practices and everything else with, you know, your, probably your dad driving there, your mom driving you there, all that work. And you mentioned earlier that your dad was always the one that kind of engaged you, you know, well, you didn't do this well or et cetera. Yeah. When you caught that first touchdown, mm-hmm. did you look at the camera and even though your dad did all that work, did you say, I love you, mom? Uh, I probably did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably did. And I mean, even before that, just getting drafted, things like that, you know, um, I, I probably did. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's the relationship with my dad. You know, I, I still tell him that, you know, every day and whatnot. Uh, so he knows too. And, and again, he'll say, oh, well, yeah, you caught that touchdown, but what about that ball you dropped? You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Justin, thank you for your time. I, um, you know, just just Love super you, appreciative of of of, of <clears throat> all your insight, your experience, and you know, if, frankly, the St. Louis sports marketplace here, you're an asset that's going to continue to give to the kids, not only at CBC but those that are listening, your son and your daughter's friends, etc. Uh, Gallagher probably, you know, they probably couldn't be happier that you're part of that machine as well. Um, so thank you for coming on. You know, keep us posted on um, your endeavors. Let me uh, get this guy back at St. Dominic. Yeah, let's we're, go. We're we're gonna we're, we'll have you back on <laughs> if, if if you don't mind. And because we got to figure out who who the fuck Frank who's Frank Frank know? the Tank. We're, so, we're we're gonna figure also that send out. Us the links, the mindset, so we can post it as well. I yeah. sure will. Yep. Yeah. So thank well you, thank well spent, Zach, Jared. Uh, appreciate you guys not totally shitting the bed on this one. Good job. You you guys uh, get stickers today. Ooh, gold stickers. Yep. Gold stars. Yeah. Thanks yep. for listening. Hey, Spotify, thanks. Apple, do your thing. Hit follow. Don't forget, drop that review. Any last words? Jeff? No, no. Thank you guys for having me on, man. I, I enjoyed it. Good. Love All it. right. You guys be good. See you next time. Thanks.